Well, we're late. We are late, but I am David Catney's, and this is still the rant on Too Close to Call. But we are late because I was partying, I mean, working at Ultra, the big electronic music festival in Miami, Florida, where I attended as a member of the press. I was truly working. Um, most of you probably know, some of you know, I'm a big electronic music fan and I've decided I want to write about more than just politics. So I volunteered, raised my hand to go down to Miami to cover the ultra music festival now in its second decade, third decade. I think this was the 21st outing of ultra music festival to write about this wild festival that takes place right on the bay in downtown Miami. So trying to expand my repertoire here. If you're only interested in Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema and the filibuster, this post is probably not for you. But that's the risk. Too close to call, right? I hinted that that would we'd, we'd, we'd dip into some personal and some things beyond politics on the Substack when we launched. So here we are. I will have links in this post if you want some culture about the Ultra Music Festival, which I wrote two pieces on, again, for the Miami Herald, which is a part of the McClatchy Network, our largest paper of our 30 papers. So I appreciated that opportunity to go down there, run around, got to interview incredible artists, meet incredible people, and cover music, not politics. Well, I'll get to politics in a moment, but I do want to talk about Ultra and Florida more specifically, because while I was down there over the weekend... It just dawned on me how different. Oh, somebody just shot me a text about music, of course. <laughs> Ironically, you know, when I was down there, it just it dawned on me how different the culture is Miami than than DC. You know, people ask, "Why do you go to so many music festivals?" It's hard work. It's hard on your your limbs. I have blisters. You're out there all day in the hot sun. You're tired. But music, it's just sort of a mood booster for me. It's, it's therapeutic. There's an entire culture embedded in it. It's, it's not just the music. It's, it's about diverse and, diversity and vibrancy. You get an international crowd at music festivals, especially in Miami. And people are especially nice, I found, at most festivals. There's always a couple bad eggs. But most people are from, from, from the 25-year-old bro to you know the people in their 50s, that are there probably on a chemical. Everybody wants to connect. People want to express themselves. People wear wild outfits. And there's really little judgment, relatively. I mean, there's always some some wildness that goes on. And <laughs> now someone's calling me. See, this is what we mean about the rant, live. I'm not going to re-record this. We're, we're going to power through. So anyway, there's an entire culture around music festivals. In Miami, it's especially diverse, especially vibrant. If you like electronic dance music and if you're looking for a new act, go see Boris Breschka and Ann Clue. Those were two new finds for me at Ultra that I really enjoyed. If you like sort of the deep house vibe and you know don't just want to go to Alesso or David Guetta. One thing that was interesting, I talked to, so I was part of the press pool, and you actually got to hang out on a yacht where the artists came in. One interesting thing is that all the artists stay in South Beach, and they yacht over to Miami for their sets. 
because nobody wants to deal with the traffic. So they're all they're all coming out on boats. So you could sit on this press yacht that's perched in the bay and, and watch the artists come in. And some of the artists would come up and and chill out and have drinks and, and chat with you. And I got to meet Tiesto. Briefly met Fisher, although he didn't really want to talk. That was disappointing. Um, Carl Cox, Slushy, a few others. But I also spoke to a couple of Brazilian journalists on the press yacht. And I asked them, how are your music festivals different than ours? Don't I mean, you, you think of Rio, beautiful. Wouldn't that be a great place for a music festival? And the one Brazilian journalist said, you know, no one can beat United States with organization. He just said, you know, in Brazil, you have a festival, you organize it. It's dirty. The trash stays there for weeks. After years, the stages get old. Things get worn down. It's not organized well. Nobody can beat the United States when it comes to just organization. And as much as we bitch about America, I just think it's interesting to just keep that in mind. It's better here than anywhere else, pretty much. So, and Ultra ran a pretty good festival. It was, you know, there's a couple hiccups. I mentioned, you know, a misplaced artist on a stage, John Summit. Um, I think they didn't have enough exits. There was a little, you know, the bathrooms kind of got gross at the end, the porta porta potties, and they were all sort of in the same place. There was a couple of hiccups, but overall, it was very well run. Remember, this is after a two year hiatus because of the pandemic, pandemic. So everyone was out there wanting to get after it. Um, and, you know, it's just better to be in Miami this time of year than in DC. You came back to DC, and it's 35 degrees and it's cold and. The other problem, this is the, 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 the other plus minus about Miami is everyone's hot. Everyone is just really good looking and incredible shape. And that's exciting, but then it gets annoying. It, it, it's just everyone. I mean, looks good there. Guy, gal, everybody. And you know in D.C., like every couple, heterosexual couple, the girl is demonstrably better looking than the guy. In Florida, in Miami, it is too close to call. Yes, pun intended. I had planned that line. But yeah, it's just, it's quite, it's quite exciting. And then after a while, it's like, really? Everyone's just at Equinox all day. But, you know, there's also hiccups in, in Miami and South Florida that, that, you know, it's not perfect, but it's a great place to, to be because it's exciting and it's hot and people want to are interested in other things besides, you know, Christian Cinema's vote record. And <laughs> I was down there for three days. We had a couple of hiccups in Miami, which was just wild. We went through uh, a drive through at McDonald's and they told us to stand in the actual drive through line to, to get a mobile order, like with the cars. So that was hilarious, the drive through in Brickle. You know, we, we stayed in an apartment complex where they wouldn't hold the key. They don't have responsibility. The concierge is like, no, we don't hold the keys for, you know, your for your friend to come in. It's like, that's why you have a concierge, to, to, to hold keys and packages. No, we can't do it. Kind of weird. Service can be iffy in Miami, too. They just throw 18% gratuity on everything, which I think is now the trend. Like, everyone's putting just gratuity on, on included, no matter how they do it. 18 to 20%. So... That might be a pandemic, a permanent change in the pandemic. But, you know, it can't be perfect. It's still fun. It's hot. Go to Florida in March because it's hot. It's perfect, though. It's like 79. The sun's out. 
and it's just on that cusp before it's going to get really hot and really, you know, packed. And it's also great. Miami Music Week is the last week in March, the second to last week in March usually. And you know, you get talent from all over the world, and there's just a party everywhere. So it was it was three days of of long nights in hot Florida, but it was good. And then when I was down there, I started, you know, inevitably thinking about politics because half of my brain is still devoted to that. And I was thinking, what if Andrew Gillum had won that governor's race in 2018? What if he had beaten Ron DeSantis? He'd only lost by like a point, right? Less than that. Um, what if he'd won that race? The whole, the whole picture of our politics would be different. I'm looking up this result because I should have done it before. Ron DeSantis, 49.6, 49.2, four tenths of a point was the difference in that race. That's how close it was. That's what tempts Democrats thinking. But this was also a great year for Democrats. Remember, 2018 was like their peak year. So, but what if Andrew, if Andrew Gillum wins that race, he's governor, then we know he had some problems, right? He got caught in a hotel with a drug issue, with like a, a, a male uh, escort. So he probably has to resign if that all continues. If, it, if he's, um, if, if all those you know, actions continue, Chris King is the lieutenant governor, who is a guy who knew what knew. Um, some Orlando businessman. So if he has to resign, then Chris King becomes the governor? I guess the lieutenant governor becomes the governor. And he's a major player in politics right now. Because whoever the governor in Florida is going to be a national, have national profile, have, have you know national aspirations, potential presidential candidate. I thought in 2018, it was my one, my two picks that I got wrong in 2018. I picked Gillum. I thought Gillum was going to win. I thought he was sort of a superstar candidate, charismatic, progressive in the moment. Riding that Dem wave wasn't enough. And I thought Scott Walker was going to win, and he lost in Wisconsin. Those are my two bad picks in 2018. But Gillum, I was pretty high on as a candidate. I thought he could be a star. I thought he could be in the running for Biden's or whoever the nominee was of the VP. Probably not Biden's because they need a woman. But Gillum would have been a national star. For sure. Point being, what if he won that race in 2018? Ron DeSantis isn't a presidential candidate. Nobody cares about Ron DeSantis then. That means there's a different rival in the Republican Party to Trump. Who would that be? Would Cruz have gotten a boost? It, it, would, have, it would have created this vacuum for, for an alternate Trump candidate. That, that who would it have been? Who would it be right now? I mean, everyone talks about Ron DeSantis right now, right? If it's not going to be Trump, it's going to be DeSantis as the nominee to carry, you know, mini Trumpism. But if Gillum wins that race, a whole different political atmosphere. You get this. I mean, Gillum probably has to resign if, you know, if he, if that conduct that he was, you know, using illegal substances, although that is a Miami thing, <laughs> if he gets caught, and then this guy, Chris King 
since the governorship, and then he's suddenly under the microscope. And But we're not talking about Ron DeSantis or Andrew Gillum. The whole trajectory of these guys' careers different because of uh, four-tenths of a percentage. That's, so that's why elections matter. I mean, it sounds corny and cheesy, but, it, but in Florida, I mean, damn, that race was close. Still, I've, I've, I wrote a post a couple weeks ago about how, you know, Val Demings, even some Democrats have been telling me that she, she's going to get killed. You know, she's an African-American woman. She's a cop. She's running against Marco Rubio. But, you know, Florida's going to be tough for Democrats. And I'm going to say it now. These races are not going to be competitive this year for, for, for Florida Democrats. And I just think, you know... <laughs> Florida's a red-hot red state right now until someone proves it otherwise. There's just not... People are going to complain about this. They're going to say, no, Dave, you're wrong. It, they just haven't proven it. I mean, Trump won it twice. You know, Florida hasn't elected a Democrat to the U.S. Senate since 2012. That's a full decade. That was Bill Nelson. He was an astronaut. Florida hasn't elected a Democratic governor... Since 1994, there's 28 years. So you can argue about Ron DeSantis all you want. You know, you can tell me Val Demings is a great candidate to put up against Rubio. I just don't think either are going to be competitive. Now, will they get within five points? Maybe. They run really good campaigns. All the Florida races are close. But to get over that last couple percentage points and beat the Republican is very very difficult. We've seen what happens. Southern Florida comes in, Democratic margins, but Republicans are peeling off Hispanics, and Republicans basically win the rest of the of the state. You know, outside of the city of Tallahassee, Orlando's a bit of a battleground, but there's not enough votes in Southern Florida for Democrats, unless you know something drastically changes. The environment is just so bad right now for them. It's most likely not going to change. Inflation's still going to be rough. We're probably still going to have a war overseas. You know, gas is probably still going to be high. People are going to still have delays on getting their products if they're getting construction or, you know, all types of different items. Nobody's going to be happy. They're going to vote people out. Fairly or unfairly, that's how politics works. So just remember when someone tries to pitch you on Florida being competitive, being a battleground. It is not. It is not this year. In 2022, a midterm that's going to be rough? No. Prove me wrong. But the one thing I can tell you is that Florida is hot and you should go. That's the rant. We'll see you next time.